0: Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And this week, I'm going to be taking it back to some witchy basics and talking about aromatherapy and magical scents. So, very Uh,
1: fun. Yum, yum, yum. I fucking love it. I'm so excited. And I'm going to be covering something also pretty sexy, the blue lotus flower. And of course, on that note, I'm going to cover nefertum.
0: Which uh, I so we're kind of doing like the lotus sode right now. So just to just to kind of clue everyone in, like we started with blue lotus, and then we were like, ooh, like smells right yeah
1: delicious smells especially cuz uh, nefertem who i'm going to be covering the the egyptian god in addition to being of course like super associated with the blue lotus flower is also a god of perfume and aromatherapy so it all came together in this beautiful lotusy package and i'm really excited to talk about blue lotus today because It really is like one of the it herbs right now. When I was at Wild Terra last week, I was talking with one of the herbalists there about it. And we were just laughing about how it seems like suddenly it's kind of showing up everywhere in herbalism. And I also did just recently buy some myself to use in my personal like magical and medicinal practices. So this was a fun topic to like dig into because... Sometimes I selfishly will use these episodes to also get ready for stuff I want to do on my own uh, research. Anyway, so uh, Nymphae Ceruleae is also referred to as the sacred blue lily of the Nile which is what we're talking about today, this blue lotus flower. And it has been revered by many ancient cultures and civilizations from like ancient Egypt to the Greeks to Tibetans and more. So of course it makes sense that like, we're still drawn to it in modern times. There's like something in the human lineage that has like been drawn to this flower for thousands of years. So coming from the lily family, blue lotus is a water lily. It grows in wild ponds and other bodies of water and it blooms once a year for only 3 days. And I do need to say up top that despite its overwhelming presence in ancient Egypt, it's actually really difficult to find this flower still growing in the region today. And due to this and the unique uh, the unique way in which the blue lotus grows, it can actually be fairly difficult to find ethical and reliable sources of this plant. So it's very 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 important that if you are going to buy it, you source it ethically if you want to use it in your practice. So like Please, please, please get to know the sellers, the vendors you're working with. Check in on where they're getting the blue lotus flower from, how they've acquired it. Um, you know, I just really want to make sure that we're we're being very clear that we don't want people to get unethically sourced blue lotus flower because that's super shitty. But you still can find it in North Africa, and and people do cultivate it in in a few different ways, so you can still get some that's been like grown by local herbalists you just have to be extra careful. So, on to talking about this like gorgeous lady. So, the flowers of blue lotus are highly valued for their exquisite beauty, their intoxicating aroma and their euphoria inducing effects. I actually just sent Nick last night a picture of my dried blue lotus flowers and they really are, I think, just gorgeous. It's like this deep indigo that verges on purple.
0: It's- oh, yes. Yeah. It and there, yeah. uh, it was funny uh, when you sent those, like, because well, you know what I said, but uh, it was it's uh, it was our school colors.
1: Yeah, purple and gold. <laughs> purple be, and bold, gold. be bold. Be <laughs> bold. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so based on the fact that this literally grows in water, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on cultivating it yourself since I assume most people aren't going to be doing that. Well, but-
0: Shannon, what if you live in like a, a, a sw- you know, a chalet or like a, a castle with a, a water moat, you know, that would be something okay. nice ni- nice for you if to you plant If you live in, in, in mo- a
1: chalet with a water moat and you have not sent Nick and I an invitation, um, now's the time. Uh, but if you do want to grow it, um, you, you do want to start with getting good seeds, right? Because of there's a lot of hybridization in the lily family. So water lilies grown from seeds actually might not look like their parent plants. So you're going to want to start with like confirmed nymphia cerulea seeds um, or flowers. If you're harvesting the seeds from the flowers, it's just super important that you get the right seeds. And there are a lot of super sketchy, like quote unquote, rare seed sellers online that are probably going to charge you an arm and a leg for like fucking grass seeds. So just do plenty of research, read reviews. If something feels like too good to be true, as far as like buying rare seeds, it probably is like buyer beware. The online seed market can be so sketchy, but say you do get your seeds, right? So to germinate them, you're going to fill a small container with garden soil, not potting medium, actual garden soil then you're going to spread the seeds across the top and cover it with a thin layer of fine sand and then you're going to submerge the seeds in an aquarium or fishbowl you're going to want to make sure you have just enough distilled water to submerge the seeds to a depth of like no more than three inches and then provide warm light for the seeds and the growing seedlings um, they recommend a grow light placed about like 18 to 24 inches above the seeds and when the first leaves reach the water surface you're going to carefully take the seedling out rinse the soil off, and then place them in containers that are half filled with bone meal and aquatic plant fertilizer, and then fill the containers to the top with garden soil, submerge in two to four inches of water, and replant the seedlings into a pond or a tub after about six months. So it's not like rocket science, but you do need a lot of water to grow these. So most of us who aren't homeowners or chalet owners aren't feasibly able to do this. Um But again, y'all are uh, our chalet residents with your moats. Nick and I would love to come stay, take care of your garden for a weekend, you know, hit us up. So in modern Western herbalism, though, blue lotus flower is considered a sedative, a febrifuge, an aphrodisiac, antidepressant, antioxidant, anticonvulsant, and anti-inflammatory herb that has like a particular affinity for the kidneys, the heart, and the nervous system. It's like bitter, aromatic, and warm energetically. So it really is like this amazing herb because the flowers are both sedative and stimulating. So they have this awesome ability to create like a relaxed, open sensation while also pleasantly energizing the body and the mind. I kind of think of it like kind of like a sativa cannabis, which I mean, you guys know I love weed, but to me, I think that's one of the closest ways that I can think about describing something that has the ability to be both sedative and stimulating at the same time if that makes sense. So there are two predominantly active constituents, the alkaloids nuciferine and aporphine. So nuciferine acts as a dopamine receptor blocker, while aporphine functions as a dopamine agonist that activates the dopamine receptors. So essentially, the opposite effect is nuciferine, creating kind of like a happy, uplifted and euphoric feeling. And that's why uh, blue lotus is likely considered an aphrodisiac, right? You get that super like yummy euphoria. Um, and, and in addition to this, like induced focused euphoria, nuciferine's interactions with dopamine receptors have also been shown to have an effects, um, anesthetic effects. Anesthetic um, effects—that's a mouthful—producing a numbing, uh, producing numbing physical receptors. <coughs> Excuse me. So, in addition to inducing focused euphoria, nuciferine's interactions with dopamine receptors have been shown to have an anesthetic effects, producing a numbing physical effect, and the emotional capacity to experience trauma or pain without lasting traumatic or shocked effects. So, it's kind of this cool thing where it can help your body process the physical trauma without inducing this like lasting emotional trauma. Because I don't know if any of you guys have ever been like seriously injured but it does have this ability to kind of like imprint on you emotionally and so I think that's a really cool thing that this herb can do so in addition to all of this other amazing work uh, you can also make poultices of the blue lotus leaf to use on things like the pain related to like burns hemorrhoids and bleeding so it can have like really localized effects as well and the water lily family in general nymphaeaceae is an ancient primitive family so they say that this plant like carries the information from time before the existence of homo sapiens which helps like connect us to that like essential nature of our humanity and our essence like as part of the greater cosmos And since blue lotus induces theta brainwaves, it can be helpful to use um, recorded affirmations or other reprogramming tools while you're ingesting. Or you could even think about using it for like extra high powered meditation sessions. And imbibing blue lotus as a tea is the most traditional way to experience this herb. You can steep like a nice cup of blue lotus tea before bedtime or before meditation practice, like a meditative bath with blue lotus tea would be amazing. And that'll help relax the mind and body while opening up your consciousness and sensory capacity. So to make a tea, you literally just need like two tablespoons of blue lotus leaves and 12 ounces of just boiled water. Steep it for about 10 to 15 minutes. And just remember, anytime you're making an herbal tea, cover the mug so the essential oils don't escape. So you can also though, the reason I bought it, you can smoke this herb. So blue lotus petals can be smoked ceremonially or burned as incense to encourage lucid dreaming and muscle relaxation. Um, But to smoke it, you can really just sprinkle some of the dried flower petals into your favorite smoking blend or, you know, burn it in an incense holder on its own. But as far as smoking blends, it's like you could, of course, add it to cannabis. I'm putting together my blend that I'm doing hopefully next weekend is a nice indica with some of this blue lotus flower. It's going to be sort of like a bedtime, super intense, hopefully lucid dreamy smoke blend that I'm working on. Um, but even if you don't smoke cannabis, you can add it to other herbal blends like things like calendula or mullen, or my current favorite Yerba Santa. <laughs> I've actually smoked Yerba Santa a few times without cannabis in it because it helps uh, dry out your lungs And as an asthmatic who also enjoys smoking, I'm prone to things like bronchitis. And smoking your basanta has actually helped prevent me from getting that croupy cough. So pro tip for my fellow asthmatic smokers out there. So blue lotus flower, though, magically, this is a feminine plant associated with the moon. I don't feel like there are really any surprises there, especially with like the really intense cyclical nature of the plant. It's obviously associated with um, Nefertum, who I'll talk about in a bit, but you'll also see it associated with uh, Ra and Isis. And this is a plant that's great for magic related to like lock opening, protection, and rebirth. And it said that anyone who breathes the scent of the lotus flower will be protected. So it's a great addition to incense blends, especially if you're planning on work related to like astral projecting, in my humble opinion. I think that would be a great herb for work around that. And the seeds and pods are said to be useful as antidotes to love spells. So, you know, if you feel like someone's cast a love spell your way and you're not interested, get you some seeds and pods. And any part of the lotus worn ensures blessings by the gods and good luck. As for this whole, like lock opening thing. They say that if you put a root under your tongue and say sign Argus towards a locked door, it will open. Um, But I think you're probably better off using it to like open mental locks you have in your own mind. So specifically, I've been thinking on it and I feel like this would be an amazing herb to work with for shadow work since it is all about like rebirth and blooming out of that like dark primordial ooze i feel like that's such good like shadow work energy like finding the beauty in the darkness and like connection and remembering that it's all a cycle and this is all part of your being
0: well i was um, I, I was also thinking like it's funny that i, I you know I, spoiler alert but you're already listening to the episode that we had scorpio as our tarot scope this week as well because they are so heavily associated with like death and rebirth But also like, I feel like Scorpios have to deal with a lot of trauma and, you know, just kind of like unlocking trauma is something that we talk a lot about in therapy. Uh,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you want to talk about our entire generation with Pluto and Scorpio.
0: Right. So I- The fucking trauma generation. (laughs) The the trauma generation. But no, it it really, uh, when people go through trauma- it's like you were saying with the uh the shock of it all, like you really do kind of bury that sometimes.
1: Yeah. And it's it's cool too, because there's just so much in here. Like the Lotus Soad is so much about rebirth too, because Nefertum has like really intense ties to like the cycle of the sun and rebirth, which we'll talk about in a little while, um, but it really definitely harkens back to that episode, Nick, where you covered Egyptian sun worship, and I'll plug it again. But if you haven't listened to it, it was a really fun episode. It, it was. Um, it
0: was really like really. Gosh, I, can you believe we've almost been doing this for a year?
1: I cannot. This is episode forty-six. It blows my fucking mind.
0: Uh yeah, we're we're it, we're it's wild. we're blown and going, y'all.
1: anyway but yeah so that's about it for this lovely lady um i really do love this herb i'm excited to smoke it if anybody has done anything with it i'd love to hear from you guys um i used a few sources today homeguides.sfgate.com honeybeeherbals.com wisdom.thealchemistkitchen.com and cunningham's encyclopedia of magical
0: herbs Not you using Cunningham's Cunningham's Encyclopedia, my goodness.
1: I mean, honestly, news at 11. News at 11. No one saw that one coming. No, No, oh my God, so. But yeah, I'm so excited for your topic though, Nick, because just like a little plug before you get started, like, aromatherapy and perfumes was really like the first regular magic that I did. Like, that's such a core tenant of like my magical practice that- It's real. I'm really excited to hear you talk about it because this is one of the first things that I was doing like pretty religiously.
0: Oh, for fucking sure. And I will also say it's like back when I was like very much younger and still had dreams and ambitions. Not that I don't still, I mean, obviously this is part of that, but uh, I always did really want to be a perfume maker for a long time. And I worked in tea for a really long time uh, as kind of a substitute for that even. Um, because I just, I love smells, so what-
1: Yeah, this is, like, such big Nick energy. I love it.
0: Also, it's, like, that's what I really loved about how this episode came together when we were trying to, like, figure out themes, was that I literally get to talk about one of my favorite things in the whole universe, and that is scent. Digging in here, like, I do want to be, like, super duper clear about what I'm talking about. And this is just the smells. So we're not talking about really ingesting these things or even like really using these things on our bodies. And really what I'm talking about, too, is like separate from the magic that you're doing. Uh, I'm kind of talking about like just the smells and like how I think they associate to different kinds of magic and like different magical practices. And also, you know, it's like smells are such a personal thing. I feel like I, I I would be remiss if I didn't say a lot of this comes from like my personal experiences of these certain smells. Um, so we talk about herbalism a lot and what the effects of different herbs are and the effects of different smells is a separate area of study than that.
1: Just to like jump in there, it's like I'm doing my herbalism certification course and like there's a tiny chapter on aromatherapy because there's an entire separate certification you can get on aromatherapy. So it's like, it is very much its own world.
0: Yes. And so it's like, if, you know, some of this does not ring true to you because of what the the herbalistic and like specific magical properties of like the herbs or whatever I'm talking about doesn't really line up with what you think about it. Uh, I'm talking about what the energy of the smell is. And that's kind of like what aromatherapy is more about than like what the effects of the herb itself is. So just wanted to be clear on that. Um, but, and since we haven't done one of these in a while, we did kind of want to make this like a witchy basics and uh, just bring you some aromatherapy and witchcraft, which honestly, as Shannon said, like one of the first things we do is like baby witches is go out and like buy incense and like set up our altar and like burn candles. And it's all like very much a witchy basic, you know, but it's like the ritual of it all is true magic. I feel so, um, but As always, we do have to give in to our baser Virgo instincts and do just a smidge of worrying about you. So obviously we recommend doing like thorough testing on any and all properly diluted essential oils before putting things on your body. So like even mild allergic reactions are not so fun and best to be avoided. And so speaking of which, a good place to start here is obviously going to be something we've covered time and time again which is that a neutral carrier oil should always be used when using undiluted essential oils. So, grapeseed, which you can get uh, at the grocery store, almond and jojoba, also being top contenders because they're used so widely and are so widely available for cosmetics. Uh, But you can also use them for a bit of aromatherapy uh, with your essential oils.
1: True, true, true. And if you're doing like a patch test, guys, like make sure you're doing it on the inside of your arm. And the reason people say that is like the outside of your arm, like that skin is just so much tougher. So if you're doing like patch testing, you want to do it somewhere that has like slightly thinner skin, because if you test on like, you know, the fucking like leathery sun-worn outside of your arm, you're most likely not going to have an effect, but God forbid you put it somewhere a little bit more delicate, you know. So inside of the arm. If you have to do patch testing.
0: Because, I mean, you know, I, I don't have severe skin allergies, but some essential oils do make me just a little bit itchy. And a little patch test is going to prevent, like, a full-blown rash. So you can't say we didn't warn you. But
1: And rashes aren't cute, y'all. Rashes
0: are not cute. so They suck. <laughs> so do not get a rash. Uh, but that wording isn't so serious here. Like, we're mostly talking about scents and, like, scenting your spaces when we're talking about aromatherapy. I mean, I do like a dab of, like, a little diluted uh, lemongrass, uh, but that's me. You know, that's what I would use for aromatherapy, especially out in public. But, uh, so, here's a fun little side fact also. Um, and this is something that I have seen online in a couple places. I... I have one of those wax warmers that you're supposed to buy the little cubes for, right? And I never can remember to buy the fucking cubes. It was a gift, and it came with some, and you know, I just, I, I don't go down that aisle on the grocery store, if I'm being perfectly frank. But if you, like me, buy large boxes of, uh, like, the white pillar candles from Ikea, a lot of times the ones on the bottom are broken, uh, which is fine, because it's like a $4 box of candles, but... Uh, You can put the little pieces in that warmer and then drop essential oils on top of that to not waste your broken candles, to use that fucking wax warmer that you never use. And maybe you just have a few drops left of an essential oil and you just want to get rid of it. So um, something to think about that I did have to throw in when we're talking about like doing aromatherapy. It's like, I have to get out my like hot housewife tips. Um, So but this is a witchy basics and not just basics basics. So let's get on to the magic of it all. So as part of this, I did like a little interview with another witch friend of mine where we talked about scents and magic and like a very good point that was brought up by them. Shout out to Eve uh, is that they have like certain go tos for ritual work, like myrrh and frankincense, or what I call like the biblical incense, like the really really old school incense that just. Feel right for that kind of ritualistic space, like regardless of what they're doing, and it's almost about like creating the headspace of it too. So, like if you are always burning myrrh and frankincense when you're reading tarot, when you're doing spells, like it's gonna put you in that headspace to do rituals uh, when you, you know, are doing it in in the future. Like it becomes part of, it.
1: yeah, like dragon's blood is kind of one of my go-tos like dragon's blood and patchouli i would say are two of my sort of like go-to ritual scents
0: and uh so that's that's kind of like the angle i wanted to take today was like what scents i think are good for like what kind of work people are doing and so obviously we talk a lot about magic with herbs and things that you find in nature which all have their own distinct aromas and that's definitely part of the process but like we're also talking about the space like before and after that really set the tone for your rituals. So it's kind of like adding to that, building up to it a little bit. Like this is something you would maybe do while you're getting ready for a ritual and like really kind of getting yourself into that headspace. Because one thing that has been proven about aromatherapy is that it's really good for getting you into certain headspaces. So like if you study, while you're around a certain scent and then you test while you're around a certain scent, you know, it's like, it, it triggers memories, like memory and scent are so closely tied together. It's, it's actually really amazing to me. Like I I could make the whole, the whole segment just about that. That's not what we're talking about. Um, So an example though, I kind of wanted to bring in was like something from a recent episode, which was the magic mirror spell. And it was Definitely encourage for that to use fresh flowers as offerings to Venus or Aphrodite or both. But I think the the scents that would go good with like that kind of magic, uh, since I did want to use a recent example, would be something like rose or gardenia. So even if you are doing like pink crepe myrtles, because we did say in that episode, you know, like gathering some pink crepe myrtle from your apartment complex or, you know, like, your neighborhood, because it is fucking everywhere, and it does have those strong, like, Venus and Aphrodite ties, is great. And that's, like, part of the work. But you know what doesn't really have that strong of a smell is pink crepe myrtle. Like, no smell at all, really. Pick up a big handful of it. It just kind of smells like nothing. So if you're thinking of smells you could bring in to invoke that kind of, like, Venusian aphroditean energy like i'm thinking like floral like rose and gardenia because i feel like rose and gardenia are kind of kind of floral but still sexy if that makes sense like i don't find jasmine very sexy uh
1: no i i get what you mean by that i i think florals aren't all inherently sexy for sure
0: right uh because i feel like jasmine almost has like like a medicinal kind of tone to it
1: something about jasmine and i don't know why but for me something about jasmine just smells almost like childlike for some reason to me i have that personal association with like with it when i smell it
0: right but i also think you know kind of leading into uh what i was talking about earlier i feel like the full plant of rose has such huge venus energy and like maybe that's where the association comes in like my mind where it's like Roses look very Venusian, so like the smell of rose to me is like very much like love and sex, and like you know, like sprinkling rose petals on a bed on your anniversary, like that kind of vibe has huge Venus energy. Uh, so why would why and this why wouldn't the smell of it also kind of like invoke those same like feelings? Oh. So, but also you know it's just like it's just like to add like an extra level of setting the scene so like if you're setting up your altar to like look a certain way you're having like certain colors certain items from nature like certain ritual items certain candles certain candle holders like whatever you've got in your like altar scape so to speak it's like the smell is going to add to that was kind of the idea I was thinking here so like Anywho, which brings me to another very floral aroma, and that is jasmine. So like I was saying, like rose and gardenia, it's also good to use while doing love magic. But jasmine also has strong associations with the moon. Interestingly enough, and, you know, I I always am interested. You talked about it when you talked about doing a moon garden, Shannon, was that you pick jasmine at night. That's when the scent is strongest.
1: Yeah. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the reason for me it reminds me of like childhood is probably because I knew people that had jasmine when I was growing up. It is really interesting. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about how that connection got forged in my brain.
0: I know. I think that's the interesting thing about scents and like the idea of aromatherapy is kind of activating those memories, like because scent is so closely associated with memory. Not only are you creating those connections when you use a certain scent for a certain thing, you're also calling on all the memories that you already have from it. Yeah. And, and
1: those those parts of your brain are right next to each other, which is why like scent and memory is so close. It's cuz literally in our brains, we have evolved with those next door to each other.
0: Right. It's but it's 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 absolutely crazy and mind-boggling to me like how do you can form these strong associations? But I would also say, you know, it's like, you have those connections in your brain. So if you were going to do a spell that involved children, you know, like, let's say you were doing like a blessing for your nieces and nephews, because I know you have nieces and nephews, right? And it was something involving children, perhaps, you know, like maybe you would have a a little jasmine aromatherapy session to remind you of your own childhood. And that would be something... That would be super specific to you. So I think that's something that people should keep in mind is that scents are so specific to you. I could tell you all day what I think, but at the end of the day, when we're talking about scents and like their magical qualities, it does have to tie into your own interpretation of the scents.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's a good thing to have like, a little list of maybe in your grimoire. It's like your personal scent associations.
0: Which is something I do kind of cover later on is that you should definitely be paying attention because there is a lot of unexplored science here. But I will well, talk about that later on because we're talking about Jasmine. So Jasmine's good for doing love magic, but it's also got those very strong lunar associations and is also Therefore, strongly associated with like psychic abilities and divination and things involving like having a clear head. And so one sort of anecdotal thing I would throw in here is that I drink jasmine tea a lot. And when I have my little cup of jasmine tea in the middle of a stressful workday, like it really does clear my head. And I think anyone can benefit in any situation from having a clear mind you know and it's like you're not really getting that peaceful little moment of just empty head no thoughts just enjoying the smell of the jasmine if you're just having a cup of plain green tea so to me i think it really is good for that like it does clear the mind and you do just enjoy it like it you know it's nice
1: like yeah it it makes you happy (laughs) it makes you
0: happy i don't know what to tell you like It does clear your your mind, though. And so, like, if I was going to do studying or, you know, do some journaling or some writing and I really just needed to, like, clear the background noise, like, I might have a cup of jasmine tea sitting next to me already and I might just lean into it and just take a big old whiff, you know? Uh, Why the fuck not? That's what I say. Um, So, but... We obviously have a pretty huge bias here at Wands and Fronts in favor of like lemongrass and lemon balm, not only for their magical properties, which we have discussed at length, y'all. Like, go back and <laughs> listen. Like, go back and listen to the episodes because we're talking about the smell. Um, so, when even if you're not using them in your spells, the fragrances of these being present while you're doing magic relating to luck or happiness or like general good fortune. I think it's a no-brainer because if you're doing magic to make happiness, why not surround yourself with a smell that literally lifts your spirits?
1: I love that. I mean, there's a reason when I'm out in my garden, basically every morning, one of my favorite things to do is just go rub my lemon balm and just like huff it. Like it's such a nice, like uplifting scent. I mean, citrus in general is so good. I think it's why I love Earl Grey so much, that like bergamot in there. It's just like, mm. Yum.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Speaking of teas, like, I honestly feel like a lot of the things we use to scent teas, like rose being one of them, I even talk about like sleepy time teas later on, but it's like just the smells that we use for teas are very much like aromatherapy smells because it's like with jasmine tea, you get a little bit of added sort of like bitter floralness to the taste. But what really comes out is the smell in a jasmine tea. And it's like that it's it's for this smell.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's how I would say, too, it's like we're not bougie people and we definitely are like do what works for you. But if you have the ability to maybe splurge and get the nicer like loose leaf teas, you will notice a very big difference, especially with the scents that you experience. Oh, and if
0: you can get like the jasmine green that's got like the whole bud jasmine flowers in it. I mean, you it's it's different. It hits different, like, it's like cheap perfume versus expensive perfume. Do they both smell nice? Absolutely. But there's just, there's something about like that all, it's like that all natural thing where it's like, it's, it's literally just jasmine flowers, like straight out, straight off the fucking plant.
1: Yeah. And you can also usually buy jasmine in bulk at places like herb stores, but it's just one of those things where I would say, even if you don't get to the point where you want to drink like loose leaf tea every day maybe pick yourself up some if you're going to do like a really cool like ritual or like a good meditative bath. Like, you know, treat yourself sometimes guys, like once in a while you deserve it. It's
0: okay. Yes. And that was kind of like what one thing we did want to say talking about aromatherapy is it's like, it's really one of those things where it's like, it's a simple pleasure. You should treat yourself to simple pleasures in life. Like don't, you know, don't Virgo yourself out of getting yourself something nice. You know, it's like, Essential oils go on sale all the time. Uh, some of them are going to be pricier than others, but like everyone can afford to stick a cinnamon honey.
1: Hell's yeah, you can. And honestly, again, it's like even if it's a little bit of a splurge, save up out of a few paychecks. But like you only live once, enjoy yourself.
0: <laughs> right. Um, but no, we're we're talking we're talking lemongrass and lemon balm. Lemon balm tea is also just like very lovely.
1: Oh my god, iced lemon balm tea is one of my favorite things in the world.
0: I and I had some at your house and I yeah, you did I said that I said that fucking slaps. I need to get some for home. And I haven't done it yet because I'm a lazy piece of shit. But <laughs>
1: Cause cause Nick is fucking busy. Well, Nick I, is not like, lazy. Don't say mean <laughs> things about my best friend, you dick.
0: No, no, no. It's true. It's like, it's, tr- it's, it's know, true. It's true. It's like know. I do work a lot and I and it's like I, I also like I resent in a way like not working at the tea shop anymore because I used to get stuff like this for free. Uh, and and now that I have to pay money for it, i I get I get the big mad.
1: Yeah, you you're you're Virgoing yourself out of buying nice teas
0: right and i'm like i get
1: speaking of it's like i it's like
0: i drink my little grocery store brand earl gray and i'm like this is fine this is what i want because it is fine and it is nice but anywho we are really sidetracking here
1: that's (laughs) true sorry (laughs) uh no it's
0: fine it's one of those days y'all like yeah i mean you're listening to this friday and uh have a happy friday but this is a tuesday afternoon and we are we are just in the thick of it here so uh, but, I'll, but I was going to say, like, lemongrass and lemon balm are synths that I use a lot personally, because I do find them to be very effective for what they claim to do, which is giving you a bit of a mood boost. So, for an example, like, if I have to go out in public or do something stressful, I do like to put a little dab of my lemongrass essential oil on the inside of my shirt, so if I'm feeling stressy or like not so friendly I can just huff a little bit of lemongrass like right out of my sleeve and it's like I'm instantly in a better mood and I'm like oh hey you guys how it's how's it going you know it's like uh uh which is obviously if you couldn't tell in situations where I'm not naturally happy to be there but sometimes you do have to pretend and uh lemongrass and lemon balm which I I see less I you know I feel like lemongrass you can get anywhere like lemon balm you know you do have to go to like an actual like herbal shop
1: (laughs) it's yeah it's because lemon balm just doesn't dry well at the end of the day like lemon balm is one of the few herbs that I'm like just get it fresh it's so it's it's not super expensive to buy and it just really like the scent degrades very quickly when it dries
0: right and but I, w- I was even talking about like the essential oil you know it's like you see lemongrass essential oil at big box stores but not lemon balm essential oil that's uh yeah
1: because it's all the same it's it's all for like the same reason essentially it's just like it's the volatile oils are not super stable <laughs> if that makes sense it's right, like right right it's just difficult it's it's really like you can find it but I'd still just like just don't bother just go buy yourself a nice little plant. At even just like a little Lowe's, get yourself a little lemon balm, put it in a terracotta, and then you're good to go forever and ever. Amen.
0: Indeed. And that's what (laughs) Wands & Fronds is all about, y'all. But no, I do like my little citrusy mood booster. I I feel like, you know, it's like mommy's little helper. It's like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I need to have some citrusy scents. Uh, And I feel like like lemon peels and orange peels are also good for this, you guys, which kind of brings me to something that me and Eve were... Also talking about. Um, what but before I talk about that, it's like I feel like orange and lemon peels kind of give that mood boost. But I also I feel like cleansing and cleaning vibes with like true citruses specifically. I feel like bergamot is kind of over there on its own in like that happy lemon balm, lemongrass world, but like straight up orange, like and like especially straight up lemon, I feel like is for like cleaning, like cleansing energy, but also it makes me happy. Like, so I would say it's kind of one of those, it like straddles the line.
1: I was just gonna say on the lemon note, like also if you have a lemon tree, like I do, just the leaves too are so nice because they, they have that smell. So it's like you can use them for those same like purifying things too, even outside of the actual fruit. It's like just the leaves of a lemon tree are like
0: dope. Oh, love that. Hot tip. Can't really grow lemons in Texas, so did not know that. Um, but that was, but that was leading me into talking about lemons and oranges and like especially lemon and orange peels, which we all know. You know, it's like you end up with a lot of peel left over when you eat an orange. So me and Eve were talking, and I did ask you about this as well, where it's like uh, maybe this is just like an old Southern lady thing, but like my mom used to do this shit all the time she would do a stovetop potpourri and she would take like orange peels from oranges that we had eaten. Um, Or even if they, if like the oranges had gotten a little soft and like, we weren't going to eat them, she would just peel them and then boil the peels. You guys, you boil them and then your whole house smells like oranges and you could throw vanilla in there. You could throw a cinnamon stick in there. You could throw a clove or a star anise in there. But it's like you do it on the stove and you basically just put it on a simmer on the back burner. And so, like, I, but you know, it's like, it was like, wow, memory unlocked because I was like, there's a certain like witchy kind of feel, you know, to have like a little bubbling pot of herbs and shit. Oh, yeah. Big like cauldron potion vibes. And it's like, I was kind of even remembering that like the pot, my mom had a special pot she would use to do it. Mm which was like this really heavy cast iron like sauce pot, like a restaurant, like a clad, heavy. And she she said, because it would like hit one temperature and then stay that temperature. So it would really like hold a low simmer. Uh, oh, I love that. Uh, but it was like, so this is something I did kind of want to like go on. Like I wrote this rabbit trail in because I'm like, this is kind of one of those things where it's like, Essential oils are fucking pricey, but if, if you're buying a bag of little cuties at the grocery store, you know, just to have as a little snack or whatever, and you're, you're ending up with a little bowl of, of orange peels at the end, and as we've been discussing, like the smells of citrus are very uplifting to your spirits, you could literally just throw them on the stove and simmer them, and it'll make your whole house smell nice.
1: Oh hell yeah. And at the end of that, whatever liquid you have left, you could like add to a magical floor wash or something like that. So you can also like super multi-purpose it, which I know is great, especially if you're like a witch on a budget like so many of us.
0: Yeah. And I mean, really though, like because the peels don't have the sugar of the actual fruit and is where most of the essential oils are, like it's not gonna make your floor sticky, you guys. Like that's honestly a yeah, like yeah, a very totally. like a very good idea. Um but I, I just, you know, I kind of wanted to throw that one in there as kind of like, like if we're doing witchy basics and we're talking about aromatherapy, I feel like you got to talk about the little sauce pot, stovetop potpourri. And... Oh yeah, for sure. But that brings me to my next scent. Now that, you, now that you guys know about the little stovetop potpourri, like a classic scent for these. And one of my number one home fragrances is cinnamon. And it is...
1: Tis the season, bitches! And, like, it
0: it (laughs) is that fucking season when they're selling the cinnamon brooms at the grocery store, and y'all better believe, as soon as I see one, I'm gonna buy it.
1: Always. Same. I always fucking buy a cinnamon broom. Like, as soon as I see one in a Trader Joe's, snapping that shit up.
0: Exactly. And maybe a few of those little decorative pumpkins that you can eat for good measure. Um, But... So cinnamon has this like spicy, earthy, warming scent that to me is like warm hearth energy, which is why I love my house to smell like cinnamon. Like magically, cinnamon shows up a lot in like home protection spells and spells to promote higher vibrations and harmony in your home and also healing energy, which I think is what makes it so very nice in a hot toddy when you've got a cold going on. But I feel like it's also very grounding energy. So I feel like this is like a perfect thing to have going when you're doing any magic related to your home and family. So like, and hear me out on this one, you guys, I feel like the scent of cinnamon is good to use when you're around your family or like having your family over because it's the scent equivalent of having like either a fire in the fireplace or having like a pie baking in the oven. And it has that like, very strong power of like bringing people together and promoting harmony and i feel like it's like just such like a warm cozy feeling that you get from the smell of cinnamon it's like it's like a nice sweater yeah it's very cozy for sure i feel like it's very cozy and and so it's like just to kind of make a contrast i feel like clove has like similar magical connections and like memories of like smells tied to it you know like mulled wine hot cider also has like that clovey kind of kind of taste and smell to it but i feel like it has more of a fiery element than cinnamon like i know they are both associated with fire but i feel like cinnamon is like literally tree bark so it can't help but be like a little a little more grounding a little more chilled out whereas clove is just like spicy spicy
1: yeah, clove is like a punch to the face. But I do have a recipe that I made for Nana last time I was home for like dark chocolate, orange, clove macarons. Oh, that's that, are that sounds the bomb.com.
0: That sounds divine. But uh, so I was thinking like clove as a smell kind of has more of like a party festive atmosphere where cinnamon is like everyone sitting around enjoying a movie and some snacks together. Clove is like a holiday party.
1: Yeah, I love that. And just to, I'm going to just throw it in here. I know I've mentioned this before, but just a reminder that clove essential oils are very, 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 very irritating to the skin. So be very careful with this one if you end up using an essential oil of it.
0: Oh, and I was definitely talking about like, I was still talking about stovetop potpourri and like getting the cloves out of your baking spice cabinet. So yes, very good point from Shannon. Clove essential oil, Uh, is irritating to the skin and also, uh, numbing to like open wounds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it can be, um, it can be a very useful friend, but also very damaging. And I think I, I definitely for cloves, especially would always suggest just going with the herb anyway, just because like you do have to be so careful with the essential oil on like clove and cinnamon, both of those essential oils can be a little bit more temperamental and irritating. So I think they're both just like great herbs to like stick with the whole herbs in your cabinet unless there's a specific reason you
0: need the oils. Indeed. But uh, I was th- I was saying that magically though, clove has those ties to like friendship magic, which I think is very, very much coming into like what the vibes of the smell are, where I was like clove is like a holiday party, you know, where it, it just makes me think of mulled wine. Like
1: i yeah, I get that. I can totally see that,
0: um, and i I guess maybe maybe that's one of those things that's just like stuck in my head where I'm like, clove is the party drug of the baking spices
1: <laughs> I love that clove is the party drug of the baking spices. I want that on a t-shirt
0: i i you know what we should get that on a t-shirt uh, let us know if y'all want a clove is the party drug of baking spices t-shirt uh, maybe we'll order a few. Uh, Right,
1: maybe that'll be our first merch (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, But, okay, so also in the Baking Spices family Is Star Anise Which is said to increase psychic awareness So I think, you know, it would be a good scent to use For, like, tarot or rune readings Or even, like, I personally think If you were gonna do, like, a tea leaf reading With black tea, throwing a star anise in with your tea, which is like a very, almost like a simple chai, would be yum, delicious.
1: It's also, star anise is like really good for your lungs. So if you end up with one of those like fall or winter colds, adding that to like your back burner potpourri or a tea can also like help open up your airways, which is like another like added bonus that you can enjoy of the aromatherapy there.
0: Oh, for sure. But we but also it's like I feel like star anise is sh- like like it should be primed for a comeback because I feel like cinnamon is a star and clove is like ubiquitous and it's like you always see star anise in recipes. Like where is the love? Where is the love? Right. Where is the love out there for star anise?
1: It needs more. My favorite like I I know we're rabbit traily today, forgive me, but my one of my favorite teas when my um when my allergic asthma is acting up is slippery elm and star anise seeds boiled together for like 30 minutes and drinking that always makes me feel better. But it also is like the smell of it is just like, Oh, so good.
0: But we, we but we but we love it we love it here at Wands and fronds that's where the love is you guys that's where the love for star Ann is it, it's just us
1: it's here it's, it's here <laughs> at the place where we recognize that clove is the party to <laughs> the spice ca- of your baking spices <laughs> uh
0: but okay so which brings me to what I feel is like another important category of which is sense uh so kind of like departing from stuff that's just like in your cabinet probably uh that's your. Evergreen scents. Uh, so, so these are going to be like to me your purification scents. So we we all know like sage and rosemary for smoke cleansing, which is great and we love it. But to me, I feel like your your pines, your cedars, your junipers, like strong piney smells like that are like like energetic bleach. Like we'll just straight up like clear the energy out of a room.
1: Oh yeah. And juniper berries are so easy to find. I'm just like thinking about things I want to add into that stovetop potpourri. Juniper berries could be clutch right there, I think.
0: And you know, there's a bunch of juniper cedar trees very close to my house that when they drop those berries, those berries are gonna go in a stovetop potpourri. So
1: Oh fuck yeah, they are. <laughs>
0: But no, I do, I love, I love the strong piney smells. I personally feel like they do, like I said, they're like energetic bleach. so it's like, that's kind of just banishment. Like if you're doing magic for banishing, if you're doing an energy cleansing, if you just need to clear your own head, it's like those piney scents. And this is kind of one of those where it's like, keep in mind your allergies. You don't want to burn a bunch of cedar incense. If you're allergic to cedar, don't torture yourself. But if you don't have that predilection towards getting stuffy around evergreen things, I feel like it really does. It's like bleach, you know, It's and it's strong. So
1: Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. They're like, it's intense, Those
0: those energies right there. So like, proceed with caution. Of course, but I personally love it. I also like, as far as like purification and like self purification goes, like I like a pine scented soap.
1: That is such Nick energy and I love it.
0: Like I used to love the pine tar soap and like, you know, I still will get stuff like that from time to time, especially in the fall and winter. I feel like there is something like so purifying about just like the smell of that like piney resin that. I, I, I really, you know, it's like one of those where it's like, I can't tell you why, but it's it's so cleansing.
1: It just smells clean. It, we talked about it on one of our cleansing episodes. It really does. It,
0: it really does. So it's like, I feel like the strong, I, but okay, so I feel like thyme and rosemary fall into this category of smells too. I feel like the smell of thyme has that very clean smell.
1: Yeah, I think it's like the lemoniness of the time, especially like it does have that like freshly mopped
0: floors
1: vibe to it in a good way.
0: So I but I feel like the the like clean aura of these smells like lends itself to, like I said, self purification and like rituals involving banishing. I feel like these would be good for a cord cutting, you know, where it's like you're cleaning all the old shit out of your life. Uh
1: Oh, I love the combo of something like a rosemary and thyme and, like, a clove for a cord cutting. Like, getting that, like, fire and cleansing. Like, mm,
0: yes. It's like, kill it. Kill it with fire.
1: Yeah. Kill it with fucking fire.
0: And I feel like, kind of moving on here, we couldn't do this segment in this episode With Blue Lotus being the star, without talking about what most witches probably are actually using aromatherapy for, which is sleepy time. So, we do love to talk about sleep sachets here at Wands and Bronze. (laughs) Uh, But, and that's your cue to take a drink, because we did finally mention it. Um, But aside from, like, the magic of the herbs themselves in a sleep sachet, there's also the magic of aromatherapy at play in these simple spells with things like lavender and chamomile oftentimes taking starring roles, you're obviously getting a nice hit of the smell with these as well. If you're sleeping with a bag of lavender under your pillow, that's lavender aromatherapy, hon. You got other shit in there to affect your dreams and maybe induce lucid dreaming, et cetera, et cetera. But even aside from all of that, you're doing some lavender aromatherapy.
1: Yeah. And I have to say my favorite, like this is a basic bitch, like household hack is I use wool dryer balls and I always put lavender essential oil drops on the wool, la- like on the wool dryer balls when I'm drying my sheets. So my sheets always just smell like lavender. And sometimes I'll add like a little bit of patchouli or maybe like eucalyptus in the winter, but like you can definitely scent your bedding with those wool dryer balls and it is like, ugh, so
0: good. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like lavender in bedsheets is is really a no-brainer, you guys, like, come on now. But I, I kind of didn't want to, like, focus too much on lavender, because I feel like, you know, kind of getting outside the box a little bit, I feel like sweeter smells, like vanilla and, like, a little bit of amber are also good for, like, aroma-based sleep aids and have kind of, like, a sweet dreams kind of vibe, energetically speaking. Um, I love that. I also... For, like, sleepy time, I personally, I like plain coconut incense, which is something I found at the head shop because, you know, you go to the head shop and they have a million different scents of incense. um, And it's like my my little stony self was like, ooh, coconut. And I was like, it's 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 very mild, which I like for sleepy time. It's like you don't want to be kept up by this by a loud ass smell.
1: Yeah, this probably isn't the place for like clove.
0: No, not it's like it's like you're gonna stay up all night with with your clove incense. So, um, but I also I, I think like dragon's blood incense to me has that kind of like sweet kind of resiny smell to it, which to me kind of makes me sleepy.
1: Yeah, I personally like kind of that like earthy type scent for sleep, which is why I do love lavender. I mean, I use eucalyptus in the winter just for like the lung help, but like I love things like rosemary and dragon's blood and lavender and patchouli those things that kind of smell a little bit like dirt that's one of my favorite ways to like sleep personally those are good sleep scents for me
0: yeah and i but i you know it's kind of like you wouldn't want to use lemon you wouldn't want to use like a, yeah yeah a peppermint scent because like oh my goodness i had this i forget what it was it was something to do with the cats but it was like peppermint scented and
1: was it like an anti-scratch spray?
0: I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I I like literally the smell of peppermint. I could not go to sleep with the smell of peppermint in my room. I was like, get this shit out of here.
1: Yeah, it's so invigorating. It's like it's
0: too. I'm too energized right now. It's too minty in here.
1: It's too minty fresh. I cannot sleep.
0: Uh but okay, kind of. I also feel like, like your sweeter and quieter florals also play nicely here. Like Jasmine, which we talked about before, I feel like kind of has this, it's like, it clears your mind, but it doesn't have that invigorating quality. So I feel like I could do Jasmine at bedtime. I also, maybe this is like a personal association, but like I used to have a friend whose patio had all this wisteria growing by it. And, like, we would be there at night after work and, like, the smell of the wisteria would make me so sleepy. And I don't Mm, know. I love that. And, like, honeysuckle, too. Like, sweet nighttime honeysuckle.
1: Mm, I think it's really any of the night-blooming flowers. And that just makes sense evolutionarily speaking, too.
0: Yes. and uh, But kind of, like, the last kind of uh, off-the-wall one I wanted to talk about with, like, sleepy time smells was pink peppercorn. Which actually, I had some pink peppercorns in a sleepy time tea that I used to buy all the time. And you would get just like a little hit of it in the aroma of the tea. And that was like, if you needed something like a little, like if it's winter time, and you need something like warming, that's not too crazy, like cinnamon or clove, which would like, kind of wake you up a little bit. But you still have that like warm, cozy, like a blanket, pink peppercorn. All the way,
1: mm, I love that that like little warming, fuzzy goodness, yeah, that's so good. i I would have never thought of that. That's like, but now I have to because I definitely have pink peppercorns in my kitchen,
0: oh, yeah. And I think, you know, like as an addition to a nighttime tea, like pink peppercorn, all the way,
1: give it a go, oh, yeah, I'm definitely adding some pink peppercorn to my skullcap tea tonight,
0: so uh, you know, I think also it's like the mildest peppercorn you know it's like black peppercorn or like green peppercorn would be just a little too much with like a chamomile or like a rose hip but like a pink peppercorn plays nicely with everyone so finishing off i think also tying into what made me want to talk about this as a witchy basic is that sort of people in the mundane world on like the normie side of things kind of make fun of aromatherapy as like woo-woo shit. But also, like every realtor does the trick of putting cookies in the oven during an open house. And car companies spend millions, if not billions of dollars, formulating brand-specific scents. So while we're over here experimenting with things and like figuring out what works for us and what doesn't, There's actual scientists making lots of money and spending their whole careers working on this. So, like, don't let people around you maybe make you feel silly for being into aromatherapy. Like, it's probably one of the least woo-woo things that we actually do, even though we sort of come at it from an unscientific place. Huh. Yeah,
1: fuck those people. There's no room in your life for those people.
0: But I mean, you know, they, they literally have spent millions of dollars formulating. Li- Cadillac scent, was the example I was going to use here.
1: Yeah, totally. It's
0: like you get in a Cadillac. It's, it has a specific smell that smells like a Cadillac. Like they put the shit into the car to make it smell like that on purpose. But, you know, but aromatherapy is woo-woo shit. So, you know, let people think what they're going to think. But I also, a point I wanted to make here is that because we do what we do and we are who we are, we get a lot of passive aromatherapy. So, like, we might as well lean into it. And like Shannon was saying earlier, maybe have a section of your journal where you're, like, keeping track of how certain scents make you feel because a huge part of our brain is devoted to processing this information and it is going to be so specific to you. And um, sort of like I was telling Shannon, just to kind of finish out here, but while we were playing this episode and we were talking about me doing like an aromatherapy episode, um, I was talking about how I had been out walking the other night and I walked over some green pecans. So they, they're you know they're still in their little green shells. They're definitely not ready to eat and they're, they're still quite small. So they, they crunch under your feet, right? And uh, it it was just making me, like, very nostalgic. And it was, you know, I guess maybe it's because it's, like, you would walk over them on your way to school. Maybe it's, like, a back-to-school kind of thing, um, since it is also back-to-school season. But, like, it really just, it, taking in the moment and, like, taking in the smell is something that I think maybe working in a tea shop made me so aware of, like, taking the time to just enjoy smelling something. And thinking about like what it made you feel that it's actually like a ritual that I do now where I'm like, oh, well, like I'm thinking about what I'm feeling based on what I'm smelling and just like enjoying the memories that are coming up. And I think if you can like sort of ritualize that and really internalize that through some form or another of like doing aromatherapy at home, and here's something I did say for the end, like, yes. Scented candles absolutely count, ladies and gentlemen. There's so many good naturally scented candles out there that could cover any herb you can think of. So really, it's up to you. But if you can take the time to do that, I think you also sort of gain the perspective of taking time to enjoy smells out in nature and out in the real world. And like smells out in nature and out in the real world are free, y'all. There's like a whole world of things to like explore and like you know it's like i know i'm like the weirdo for this but like if i'm going on a hike sometimes i just like grab a leaf and just like break it and smell the inside to see if it smells like anything like obviously i know what the poisonous plants in my area are uh so it's not like i'm picking poison ivy but like you know sometimes i you just pick a pecan leaf and smell it just to see what it smells like
1: No, I feel like it's such a good mindfulness exercise. Like, I love that. It's such a good call.
0: And like, oh, and kind of finishing off here, speaking of free smells and back to school and like passive aromatherapy, like one of my very, very, very favorite smells in the whole world that it's almost time for. And I'm so excited. So like, you know, the big sycamore trees we have here in Texas, right? Yeah. And when the leaves fall, they get that kind of... some people describe it as, I think it's like one of those cilantro things, where it's like some people describe it as like a cinnamony, clovey, nutmeggy kind of smell, which is what I smell. And, yeah. And some people say it smells like garbage. Weird. But I- I didn't
1: know people thought it smelled like garbage.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, some people are like, literally like, I can't stand the smell. It smells like trash. I don't know why. Like, people say, huh. people say they enjoy it. Some people are neutral. I'm one of those people that enjoys it. And I think it literally smells – like, if I could eat that smell, I totally would.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. It's really fucking good.
0: Uh, And it's, like, walking through a big pile of sycamore leaves is, like, one of my top favorite things to do in the fall. So.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I love that. Well, Nick, I thought that was great. I'm really excited to, like – I want to hear from people, y'all. Let us know, like, what are some scents that you have, like, fun associations with? I always love hearing from you guys. I also
0: also do want to know, uh, my kind of petition to the listeners from my side is, did y'all grow up with someone in your house doing the thing where they would just boil random spices on the stove to make the house smell good? Or is that, like, an old Southern lady thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm also curious. Let us know, guys. Um, All right, so... I covered blue lotus flower. So of course it made sense of to talk about like an Egyptian deity, right? Uh blue lotus flower is possibly the most sacred and revered plant in ancient Egypt. So it tracks ancient Egyptians used this plant like extensively in medicine, magic, ritual, and celebration. and you can find it depicted all over the place in like ancient Egyptian temples and writings. And the flowers of blue lotus were steeped in wine, which was then shared during like religious ceremonies, rituals, and celebrations because they believed it would help connect you to the divine and sort of induce these like higher states of consciousness, which is why they, you know, used it in those settings. So I'm going to be talking about nefertum. And who is that? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Nefertum is an ancient god. He's mentioned in the pyramid text circa 2350 BCE, but he actually became a much more prominent god during the New Kingdom, which was 1539 to 1075 BCE and later. He was the god of the lotus blossom, who emerged from the primeval waters at the beginning of time. And he was also considered a god of perfume and aromatherapy. And he may have originally been considered to be an aspect of autumn. So, According to one version of the creation story of the Ennead and Heliopolis, Nefertum, which translates to either beautiful autumn or perfect autumn, was born from a blue lotus bud, which emerged from the waters of Nun at the beginning of creation. And autumn represented the sun, and so Nefertum represented the sunrise. So when Nefertum first was born from this blue lotus bud, he realized he was alone and he Was lonely, so he cried, and his tears created humanity. And because I'm watching Mr. Robot right now, this just gave me like big sobbing Elliot vibes, which made my heart break. Um, So every day, Nefertum is born with the sunrise, matures into autumn during the day before passing into the world of the dead every sunset. And this Egyptian idea of like the cycle of birth in the morning and death in the evening as the sun travels through the sky and then into the underworld is something you can learn a bit more about if you go back and listen to that episode where Nick covers Egyptian sun worship because he did get into that quite a bit. And according to one legend, Nefertum brought a bouquet of beautiful lotuses to the aging Ra to ease his suffering. And this is where we get a really cool line in the Egyptian book of the dead that reads, rise like Nefertum from the lotus to the nostrils of Ra and come forth upon the horizon each day. Ugh, it's like such a good mantra for rebirth. So Nefertum was linked to both the scent of the lotus flower And to its medicinal properties. So like getting into that aromatherapy area of things, because he's also associated with a number of the Egyptians, like favorite flowers, like rose, geranium and cornflower. And that's where we get the ties between like him and perfume and aromatherapy. Because he really was like the archetypal aromatherapist. Nefertum is linked to rebirth, both like as a personification of the newborn son, but also as the patron of a lot of the necessary ingredients of the mummification process, interestingly enough. And he's normally depicted as a beautiful young man wearing a lotus headdress, sometimes standing on the back of the lion. Um, the, The headdress that you'll see him wearing has like two plumes and he has two necklace counterpoises, which are symbols of fertility. And he's also known as he who is beautiful and water lily of the sun. And he was held in great affection with ancient Egyptians. And they even like carried small statuettes of him as like good luck charms or protective amulets. So if you want to honor Nefertum, offerings of blue lotus, any part of the plant are obviously quite appropriate. And I think he'd be a good one to call on when you're doing work with like the lotus as well. So if you're doing like a meditation or shadow work, you could honor him and perhaps ask for his protection and his blessing. And you could also take direction from Egyptians themselves and carry a statuette of him. But if you're going to do that, please purchase it from an actual Egyptian, not some white Etsy witch. Appreciation, not appropriation. You dig? Um so, my sources today were britannica.com, ancientegyptonline.co.uk and honeybeeherbs.com.
0: I did kind of want to throw in here that um, there is another kind of good tie-in to some of the other sections of this episode, too, uh, which is, speaking of teas, because we've talked about teas a lot in the aromatherapy section, blue cornflowers are actually pretty widely available by a lot of loose-leaf tea sellers. Um, So since nefertum has a strong tie with not only the blue lotus, which is the very obvious one, uh, blue cornflowers actually... Surprisingly easy to get, y'all, and very tasty. Totally, totally. All right. So we had this sort of blue lotus themed episode. And of course, we're when we're thinking about lotuses, uh, we think, or at least history nerds like me think about like the lotus eaters, which you kind of come across in like the ninth segment of the Odyssey by Homer. And basically, you know, if you know the story of the Odyssey, you know that. Odysseus and his crew are trying to get back from the Trojan War, and shenanigans ensue. But the story here was that they come across these um, these island of uh, people who are the Lotus Eaters, who they eat the fruits of the lotus plant and do like a drug made from it, which they smoke, and uh, basically they've kind of fallen off the face of the earth, and they don't want to think about their real lives, and they don't want to deal with reality and uh the, some of the crew members which are sent to the island to kind of check it out and see what's up. Uh they don't want to leave either, you know, like they just wanna basically be high all day. And they have to like drag them off the island and like tie them to the, the benches below deck and basically have them like sweating it out uh after they've sort of OD'd on these magical lotus fruits. And uh, you know that kind of got us thinking about a, a good, you know, just kind of got the juices flowing for we what we thought would be a good QWP for the week, which is uh, kind of to do with blue lotus, which is great for going to sleep, and that's sort of that you you know you shouldn't be using herbalism solely to get high. Like even Shannon was talking about smoking blue lotus with some indica weed. And, you know, that's all well and good, but I think they you know, as someone who grew up in like the Arrowhead generation and has seen people, you know, like going to the ER because they ate too many morning glory seeds, uh, you know, just kind of going overboard in the pursuit of getting high, even going so far as to like do maybe sketchy things from the, the internet, uh, which is, you know, like you know like obviously you can drink tea made out of blue lotus you can smoke blue lotus but you know you you don't you don't want to go into these things solely with the intention of getting fucked up because you know you can overdose on these things even though they're they're natural and safe uh and so you know don't don't do that you guys
1: yeah like a reminder that arsenic is also natural
0: yeah exactly so it's like well it's like i was saying with the morning glory seeds you know it's like For every person out there that has, like, successfully had, like, a good trip off of Morning Glory Seeds, there's, like, a bunch of people that have just ended up puking in their backyard.
1: And that's never fun for anyone.
0: It's not. So, you know, like, obviously these things are fun and... But you don't want to be the lotus eaters about it, you know? It's like... That's really not the point of doing witchcraft in general, and you know it's like you shouldn't be using herbalism solely for the purpose of getting high um you know that's how you end up uh with like a multi day stomach ache from drinking how many cloves of nutmeg <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> God hashtag don't be a lotus eater don't
0: be a lotus eater, y'all, so that kind of brings us very close to the bitter end here, and kind of speaking of like rebirth and. Death and all of those fun things that we've talked about today. I drew Scorpio for the tarot scope, so um, I can You know, I guess it's not. It's it's sort of mixed news for you guys. Is is kind of how I would put it. So uh, I drew reversed strength for the Scorpio babies out there, and things may feel very wonky for you right now, for all you uh, Scorpio babes out there. And really kind of the answer here with the reverse strength card is very simple. Like you guys need to take the time and be kind to yourself for the energies in your life to find balance again. So this might be a good time to take an actual weekend off and maybe stop focusing so much on things that are not your problem or are literally out of your control. And if you can do the work and exercise a little self care, you can pull one of your miraculous Scorpio rebirths and, and get your groove back. And, uh, you know, that's I think what we would both want to see coming from you guys in the coming week is uh, maybe just take it easy. Stop making other people's problems your own. That could be what's throwing your your energy out of balance. But the real the, the real answer here is that you do need to take some time for you. Maybe do some aromatherapy. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, I love that. Aromatherapy, I think, would be perfect here.
0: Right, right, right. But really, you know, it's like you need to you need to get centered. Like that's really what reverse strength is all about. Like you are you're 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 off balance. You are, you know, you're strong. Like you have your inner strength to rely on, but you are out of balance right now. So, you know, you get time to find your center again, Scorpio. And uh get your groove back. So
1: It's almost your time. You're getting close.
0: Yeah. But so you guys, if y'all do want to invite us to your blue lotus moated chalet, uh, you could send us a personal email at wandsandfrancepod at gmail.com. Conveniently enough, you guys, that is also the app for our Instagram page at once uh, And we do answer our fan mail uh, on Instagram all the time. So if you want to write in, if you want to send us an invitation to your moated castle um, if you want to tell us about your your grandma's recipe for stove pot stovetop potpourri, uh, or really anything related to that, let us know your personal sense too. Because I think that's one of those things where it's like I want I would love to just like hear even what the people we're like normally in contact with, uh, like what you guys's sense are. So so hit yeah, us so hit yeah. us up, and then if you are listening out there. Uh, you know, give us a like, give us a subscribe. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, give us a review. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to hear from you. Even just a few words could go a long way towards, uh, getting us, getting us some love. So, cause we love y'all and we want you to, to smell nice.
1: <laughs> we do want you guys to smell nice. And I bet you do.
0: So, uh, but what do we say to all the nice smelling bitches out there?
1: To all you delicious smelling bitches out there, blessed
0: be bitches. Blessed be, you smelly bitches.
1: (laughs) Goodbye. Bye now. Right. I just like lit one of my dragon's blood incense. And I'm drinking some tea. And I'm trying not to scream internally. But. You know, we'll see how that goes.